0: Hi, I'm Brady Breeze, safety for the Detroit Lions, and you're listening to The Only Playbook.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Only Playbook. Football is finally here, guys. We get some actual football action tomorrow. I'm your host, Sweet Car. I got Shashot Shovit alongside me, less than 24 hours away from an actual football game kicking off. How does it feel?
2: real i can't believe it the hall of fame game i wish all week one there were more week one <laughs> games instead of just this one but finally we're yeah. here this,
0: this feels like when you know you're going on vacation but you just buy the ticket like you're excited but you're not that excited that's how i feel right now
1: it feels like it kind of crept up really quickly like it doesn't feel like tomorrow i'm gonna get to actually watch nfl action so i mean it's probably because i've been so into baseball while it's been going on but football kind of just crept up and so It's exciting, but obviously we know kind of how preseason goes, how typically the Hall of Fame game goes, you know, unless you're really, really looking forward to seeing like CJ Beathard throw passes to no name players who are probably going to be on the practice squad. Uh, There might not be a whole lot to talk about, but knowing that it's actually the Jags and Raiders, there might be some implications and some players that may see action just due to the fact that, you know, there's a lot to prove with these franchises. So we'll definitely dive into that game. Um, But thank you guys so much for joining us. And we want to kick it off with obviously things that have been going around in the NFL up until now. Uh, water cooler talk is what we're going to call this segment. Uh, water cooler talk number one: Debo Samuel signed a three-year extension, seventy-one point five five million dollars, with fifty-eight million dollars guaranteed. Uh, and the interesting part about this is the contract comes with rushing incentives. And it's interesting; the minute he gets paid, he basically, you know, comes pulls back all his words about how he doesn't want to be this you know, rushing receiver. And it's like, Oh, I never had a problem with any of that. But yeah, once you get $58 million guaranteed, I'm sure you don't really give a shit. Um, but it's interesting that they're incentivizing him to make more money by running the ball, which again, it's kind of a, it's like a, um, a hedge against what they want him to do versus, Hey, if you do this, you make more money. So it's an interesting dynamic to the contract. Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
2: No, I think it's smart. I think that whenever Debo Samuel just does run the ball with him, they are more successful than if they're just using him in the passing game. So being able to add that in the contract is just great for fantasy owners that want to go out and draft Debo Samuel, given that he said all those things in the offseason about not wanting to run the ball. Now he's got an incentive to run, so you've got to be a little bit more confident being able to draft him this year as well.
0: Yeah, um, you know, like if you have a Ferrari, you're not just going to take your Ferrari to um... – Car shows. You're gonna ride your Ferrari. I'm going 120 miles per hour on the freeway. I'm sorry, but that's that's what that's how I see Debo. You guys know how high I I have him ranked on our wide receiver uh, rankings this year, and it was for this reason. There's no way you're gonna own a Ferrari and you're just gonna take him to car shows. It was never a thought. I knew they were gonna run the ball with him, and now they incentivize him to do the, exactly that, um, and that's their best weapon. You know, they've kind of used Kittle as more of a blocker uh, over the last few. Um, months of the season and I suspect a lot of that to happen Kyle Shanahan's offense runs on the outside they don't do very much running up the middle and that's where Kittle is so I mean they're going to use him a lot as a blocker um, so yeah that's all they have I mean that's not all they have but their, their majority of their big plays are either coming from Elijah uh, Mitchell or it's coming from Debo Samuel and now Debo is coming from all areas of the field and we as fantasy players love that and San Francisco is going to love that too. The only concern is, is it's going to get worn out. But again, when you own a nice car, you drive it. You don't keep it in the garage.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think they're they're in an interesting situation because, like you said, you can play devil's advocate. You know, if they use him as a as a rusher more, he is even more prone to getting hurt. Uh, now that teams know, everybody knows, the news is out that there's rushing incentives in his contract. So it means defenses can start to game plan for more Debo Samuel runs. So it's not as... Oh, high flying, or it's not as uh, surprising as it was last year, or whatever. So now it's part of their philosophy, right? And then on the other side of that, you have a rookie quarterback who's going to rely more on his weapons, and Debo Samuel's going to have to get the ball more. Um, and I also think that the whole Kittle thing, you know, the more I was thinking about George Kittle, I think having this rookie quarterback, having Trey Lance starting this year should only help Kittle. I, I know they could get away with Kittle being a majority of a blocker because they were running the ball with Debo Samuel because Jimmy G could make his first three throws and stuff. But having a rookie quarterback, I think they're going to have to utilize Kittle's pass-catching abilities more as well. And so I think it's a time where, you know, who knows what the win-loss record for San Francisco is going to be, but for as a fantasy player, uh, thinking strictly fantasy, I, I Debo Samuel immediately jumps up my wide receiver rankings based on where, we, where I had him before. And I think this also just kind of helps – solidify that Kittle has to be utilized more because again, it's a whole nother year where the offenses or defenses are used to seeing this offense now. And I know Kyle Shanahan's a guru and a mastermind, but at some point defenses are going to adjust. That's the NFL, right? Every five, six years, something new comes out, the wildcat, the quarterback that can run. And then what happens? Defenses adjust. And then you have to keep changing shit up. So um, it'll be interesting to see how with the rookie quarterback, now that Debo's paid and he's no longer dissatisfied, what that's going to look like. But I think that actually spells, you know, better fantasy output for guys like George Kittle, who, you know, again, mm-hmm. could get away with being a blocker last year, but now I think they're going to have to utilize them more.
2: Well, also one one last thing to add is that Brandon Ayuk has also been looking pretty good on training camp and uh, Trey Lance does like to throw the ball deep. So I wonder how this is going to play out for Brandon Ayuk, whether or not, you know, he'll be fantasy relevant. I think that we'll find out in a couple of games from week one to three, but he might be someone that you stash and see what you can get out of him.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a really good player. I just think he gets he's getting overshadowed by stars like George Kittle and Debo Samuel. But uh Ayuk's no slouch when he's on the field. I know he's been hurt a lot, too. When he's on the field, he produces, especially for an offense that, you know, doesn't expect receivers to do much. He still produces. So I think, you know, if he was in a if he was in a pass happy offense, he seems like a classic hundred catch guy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what Trey Lance. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, moving on from Jimmy G, where is he going to get traded? So that roster is still, you know, shuffling itself out to fine tune it before week one in the NFL season. Uh, moving right along, uh, Dolphins news came out, uh, all this tampering situation. I know I got into this conversation with d actually when, Whenever the Tom Brady news first came out about him going to the Dolphins, there was really no backing to that. So I was just like, I mean, d was pretty pretty like hard pressed and very uh, passionate about that. He's like, do you think this tarnishes Tom Brady's legacy, blah, 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 all this? And I'm like, dude, I mean, there's really no proof that he did it. I don't doubt that he probably did it, but until stuff comes out that he actually did it, I don't really think it does anything. And I mean, even, even if it, even now that it's come out, I don't think it really tarnishes his legacy, but it's interesting for the dolphins when they had Brian Flores, when Brian Flores gets fired. And then you come to find out that, you know, in 2019, they wanted to get Brady there in 2021, they wanted to get Sean Payton there. So the whole goal was to have Sean Payton coaching this team and Tom Brady playing the quarterback. And so um, now they're stripped next year of their first round pick, the following year of their third round pick, and their GM is suspended till October, which that one seems like the dumbest thing. Like, cool. So only the first month of the season, you're not, you're not part of the team, but in October, you're right back there. So that doesn't mean anything, but um, the draft pick, certainly next year's number one draft pick or first round draft pick is key, but Um, what do you guys, do you guys make anything of this or is this just kind of, you know, again, Tom Brady being, you know, the kingpin of the entire NFL playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers or kind of, what do you make of this?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean the, the real, the reality behind the NFL is so much deeper, you know, behind every big corporation, there's some weird shit going on and we only get to see what they present us. So now there's, you know, there's a hole in there uh metaverse you know things are starting to leak out and i mean the whole brian flores thing getting sweeped under the rug is mind-blowing to me like there is evidence that he was paid like he's got receipts that he got paid to lose games and we're just over here like oh let's look at lamar let's look at lamar jackson this week i'm like is that not a huge thing but guess what like baseball is america's you know favorite pastime but america's favorite sport is football Everybody loves football. It's like, it's, it's so high up on the hierarchy of what controls America, like from an emotional standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a time standpoint, everybody stops when Tom Brady's playing on the screen. Everything's de- like dedicated to football. So it's understandable why things get shoved under the rug. It's not okay, but you know, things happen. And that's how I kind of looked at the situation. I'm like, here we go again. You know, it's just a sm- small hand tap, $1.4 million fine for this CEO, uh, for this GM, and he's just going to come back to work in October. Like, how is that okay? But again, it's like you're trying to fight Goliath with very little ammo. David. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're fighting with David. But he doesn't have much ammo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think there's still a future where 46-year-old Brady next year goes to Miami to be the quarterback there?
2: Oh, man. I I, I think father time is creeping in pretty close, 46 going to Miami. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think that that would happen. I think if he wins the super bowl, he's got to be done. Right. He's not coming back again.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, the dude, the dude's basically becoming a Brett Favre 2.0 where he's announcing retirement and then coming back. Um, and knowing that he goes to Miami, as long as they have a great offensive line, their weapons are younger than the Buccaneers. So he's basically just continues to trade in his like old beat up car or whatever, and just keep renewing it and get a newer one. And so if he keeps getting to drive new vehicles with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and stuff, then why not? I mean, as long as he knows his offensive line is going to be like top notch because that's all he really cares about. Um, he's probably going to keep going. I mean, I think he's just wired differently. The dude probably would ideally like to win 10 Super Bowls if he could. So uh, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him, but Sean Payton seems like a uh, clear his, his entire Um, strategy seems pretty clear with all this coming out too. Like he didn't want to be part of the saints anymore. He knew that, you know, post Drew Brees, it wasn't going to be as fun. He knows kind of what Jameis Winston is, uh, you know, fortunately, unfortunately to Jameis. But um, with that being said, you know, like you said, it's when you have a major corporation, a billion dollar corporation and things like this are just going to get swept under the rug. Um, I was watching Succession. I don't know if you guys have seen that show, but that's basically all that is, is it's a billion dollar corporation and it's a dad that runs, this business and he has three kids and it's all about who's going to succeed him whenever he's, um, whenever he's gone. And then just things just start coming out about all this stuff that gets swept under the rug. And it's, you know, when you're again a conglomerate and you have just like so many branches of your overall hierarchy that, you know, something is going to happen. So, uh, interesting, but that 2023 first round draft pick, depending on where the dolphins end up falling this year, um, which again, we don't know what their, their range of outcomes will be, uh, will be interesting because, you know, again, losing that's key. Uh, Let's move on. A lot of injuries that have come about here in the first couple of days in training camp now that it's started. A couple that I've noted is super unfortunate. Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Broncos, tore his ACL. He's going to be out for season. Uh, I know we have all talked in different fashions about Tim Patrick. I was super high on him last year. I thought he was very underrated Shasho, You mentioned you were big on him this year. Um, but it's unfortunate. And so Russ, one of Russell Wilson's toys is, uh, no longer going to be there. So, uh, I know KJ Hamler who also had a bunch of injuries is now back and KJ Hamler runs like a four, two, seven. So, uh, maybe he's going to come out and play slot for them, but that's unfortunate Cowboys wide receiver, James Washington, um. Jones fracture, I believe six to eight weeks, he's going to be out. So Cowboys receiving core is just getting thinner and thinner, which means if CD lamb can't produce at like a number one receiver level here with basically having no other competition outside of Dalton Schultz and maybe Tony Pollard, um, then you can probably start to question if CD lamb truly is that number one guy. So I'm very high on him. I think this injury just puts that much more, you know, into the pocket of CD lamb, meaning that he has to produce. There's just no other way because he's like their only guy, Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see, uh, maybe watch out for the Cowboys signing one of the big name free agents that are older, uh, OBJ who may not be healthy till the end of the year, but another name I saw floating around was Emmanuel Sanders. So, uh, that's a guy that basically goes everywhere and produces where he goes still. And so, uh, that could be an interesting name for them. Uh, bill safety, Jordan Poyer, hyper extended elbow, only two to three weeks. They're hopeful to get him back for week one. Uh, Vikings tight end Irv Smith continues to get hurt uh, basically got hurt on, he, he had, he hurt his thumb, had to have surgery on his thumb. They're hopeful that he's going to be back for week one, but this is a guy that has been hurt pretty much every year he's been in the NFL. So, um, the injury bug is, you know, clearly not on his side. And then my favorite player in the NFL saints, tight end Taysom Hill has a rib injury and he is going to be out for a while. So, uh, maybe that's best case scenario for the saints as Taysom Hill provides little to no value whatsoever. Uh, any other injuries to show that you saw or anything else that's worth noting?
0: Oh, yeah, I noted, I mentioned a few earlier, um, but I've turned that screen off, so we might have to reinvestigate later. Um, Just a couple of other, uh, uh, I I have some signings, like Chris Herndon got signed with the Saints. Uh, As you mentioned, Taysom Hill provides little to no value, so they're going to have to get an actual tight end, which they did not do by signing Chris Herndon, because he just goes to a different team uh, every year and does not produce, so yeah, I mean, as far as that, and I heard some news about Gusecki. Uh, He's not ha- very happy with his role because he's now in a Kyle Shanahan 2.0 offense, which means the tight end is not that important, <laughs> which is very sad to hear because that guy's got one of the best hands I've seen from the tight end position in a long time. Um, so we'll see. He's, apparently, we're not going to get Gasecki just taking over the field as I was hoping for. So that's just – that's what I got. Um, but no, no key injuries. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Van Jefferson – and his um, surgery he just had on his knee. So he's going to be out for a while. Just That Allen Robinson stock just leaves and leaves climbing, it, keeps climbing, it. Keeps
1: climbing. Keep on climbing, baby. But that's it. Other than that, I think... Yeah. I mean, it-
0: Sky Moore is also injured. He was supposed to be a big part of the Chiefs' offense. Uh, they interviewed uh, Juju. And Juju was saying how Sky Moore was playing running back. He was playing slot. He was playing out. He was doing reverses. And all of a sudden they have to game plan their whole offense again because he's injured. I don't know what the extent of it is, but kind of... He tweeted out. He tweeted
1: out saying, I'm okay, thumbs up. So, I mean, you never know when the player says things because obviously the player wants to play through shit. So
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll keep that um, updated.
1: By the way, I love that Skymore wears the number 24. I know it looks super weird for a receiver, but it's also the number 24 just seems like it doesn't matter who the hell wears it. That number is just so...
0: Absolutely. That's what I was thinking too when I saw the highlights.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, the hope when you're, you know, covering football and watching football and enjoy our football is the less injuries, the better, especially to like big name players, because you want to see them on the field. Uh, so let's hope, you know, the next couple of weeks of training camp and the next month, basically of preseason games doesn't warrant any big time players getting injured. Uh, so we can actually watch them play on the field. Uh, let's kick it over to the rundown. We only have one game this week, but it is the first game, the hall of fame game. The Jags are at the Raiders here this week. Um, actually nobody's at anybody. They're playing at the hall of fame in Canton, Ohio. So Hmm. both teams are road teams, but nonetheless, Raiders are deemed the home team. It is the first preseason game. If history tells us anything in the hall of fame game, a lot of players don't play, uh, big names, Trevor Lawrence, already out, uh, Travis Etienne, who was really excited to see. I know you guys should show you've been, uh, all aboard that train here. Um, but he's not going to play James Robinson's not going to play. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who actually plays. Um, but I do have one, what to watch for here for me personally, Um, For the Jaguars, I know, again, no Trevor Lawrence, no Etienne, uh, no Robinson. But regardless of that, they have a number one overall draft pick in Trayvon Walker. Um, I'm assuming because he's a rookie, he's going to get some sort of playing time. And, you know, it'll be exciting to see him because, you know, we know about the shuffle in the draft, how he kind of peaked very, very last minute, became the number one overall pick when all season, all offseason, it was Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, but beyond that, I think the Jaguars just need wins. I think the Jaguar, not, not necessarily the final score of the game, but they need things to build upon, right? This was a shit show of a franchise last year. They went to a roller coaster uh, of, you know, news scandals, all this crap. And, and, you know, just weren't playing good on the field. And they have a, you know, generational quarterback that they drafted who, you know, didn't do justice, but putting no talent around him last year. So I think for them, We just need to see glimmers and glimpses of encouragement, stepping stones, things to like build upon, even though it's a Hall of Fame game, even though it's, you know, preseason. But something like Trayvon Walker, you know, needs to like jump out at us, be like, oh my God, he only played like six snaps, but the six snaps that he played, he looked, you know, like a freak. And that's kind of what he's been deemed. He's been deemed an athletic specimen, a freak. That's why he jumped the boards. So I want to see something that I can get excited about for the Jags and that Jags fans can get excited about heading into preseason week two um Chauvet what do you have for your what to watch for in this game
2: yeah it's the first game for both of the coaches Doug Peterson uh coming into the Jaguars first year and then uh Josh McDaniel coming in from the Patriots as a head coach so both teams were you know pretty bad last year in terms of like organization and having uh their coaches kind of you know, Urban Meyer, we know what he was like kicking kickers and then uh, John Gruden with his emails. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what their identity is. I'm ex- excited to see what you can't really see much in preseason, but just want to see how they approach their game and, and the game plan that they'll uh, go with, go forward with on um, the Hall of Fame game is going to be something I'll be watching.
1: To What about you?
0: Um, you know, I just I really don't like the Raiders running back situation like Josh Jacobs. You know, I, I it's really hard for me to place them with the elite running backs, even though he does get a bolt of the carries or something holding him back. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure if anybody knows. Who it is. I'm not even sure if Josh Jacobs knows what it is. Um, however, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake's his backup and I'm not sure how much time they're going to get to play this game. Probably none. So my eyes are on Zamir White. Uh, he's going in a lot of people's um you know, dynasty league early draft picks uh, because he's a power back who runs a four, four. He was just selected in the April's draft in the fourth round, I believe. Um, And he's a pretty good player. The eye test passes. So I I suspect my eyes are going to be on him most of the game, especially because the first game um, for all these rookies and they're going to be running the ball a lot because the passing game is going to be a shit show. Um, So my eyes are on him. And number two, the other running back situation and the other quarterback situation, they're, is really, you know, after Trevor Lawrence, dude, there is nobody in the Jaguars' arsenal that you can be worried about. He doesn't have like a true veteran to teach him. He's got CJ Beathard,
2: mm-hmm. and um, and he's hurt.
0: So Jake Luton and Cly- Kyle Slaughter, who we know is a former Viking, preseason he, king, preseason king, he comes out here and slings it. He runs it up the middle. He's like what Alex Smith would be if he had five extra speed in Madden. Um, so you know or his like low, he's like his lowest evolved form. Who yeah. Mine is being on.
1: able to throw the ball and read progressions and all that, but
0: <laughs> right. Just outside of all that. Um, so, yeah, I think we really need to know who's going to back Trevor Lawrence. So if something goes down with Trevor Lawrence, this first round draft pick means nothing. This four round draft pick means nothing. All these wide receivers they've added this year means nothing. And unfortunately hiring a new coach, paying him that much means nothing. So I'm really, really shocked and why they haven't gotten like a true veteran presence in the backfield. So my eyes are on the quarterback situation with Jake Luton and Kyle Slaughter, um, which, you know, which half of the America doesn't even probably like 80% of America doesn't know probably 95% of America, probably 99% of America doesn't even know who it is. So, you know, eyes definitely have to go there. And don't forget, I mean, as much as I, I love Travis E um, James Robinson's still there. However, he's also hobbly. So, having both of these running backs who are hobbly, you've got to look at their backups. You know, it's just a a fantasy strategy. You have to, because at any point, we could hear some serious news by like week nine, week 10. They could both be out. Um, So, you know, just keep an eye out for Snoop Connor and uh, Mechie Sargent. Uh, Not very hot as far as preseason goes. Travis Etienne is literally taking over that whole preseason. He's in every highlight reel. All the players are talking about him. James Robinson is talking about him. So I suspect Etienne to get... Almost all the carries by week one, week two, um, at least by week three. Uh, but, you know, injury concerns there. So um, just make sure you look at the quarterback situation for the Jaguars and the running back situation on both the teams.
1: Snoop Conner is a great name, by the way. <laughs> right. Snoop Conner, fifth round pick out of Old Miss. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, he's going to – he's had uh, – I read he had a couple of pretty impressive runs in practice. I know because, I mean, again – is that good or is that bad? Is the Jacks defense in practice just atrocious that Snoop yeah. Connor is having great runs or is Snoop Connor going to actually be worth something? But uh, like you said, both their running backs have injury designations have had injuries here in the past. Uh, Etienne again, like you said, seems like he's, you know, winning over training camp and everybody's super impressed. Uh, and he fits the mold of it. Like you were talking about last episode about how Trevor Lawrence loves to dump the ball off and he's a great pass catcher. So, uh, you know, utilizing that style of offense, but with the third string quarterback and then Snoop Connor, it'll be interesting to see if they can execute anything or, or give Snoop Connor any kind of looks. But uh, nonetheless, we're just excited to see football as a whole. I think I just want to see people hitting people. I want to see, you know, just get into the football mode because season is all about speculation and predictions and shit that, you know, 95% of the time we're going to get wrong anyway. So it's nice to actually be able to react to things that actually happen. Lastly, let's jump into a betting segment. Moneymakers, I have one bet. If you guys were with us from the beginning last year, before the season began, my best bet, favorite bet of the season was the Steelers team total in wins. Uh, What was it, over eight and a half or something like that, or eight? uh, And it hit, it hit in the last game, right? Hit in the very last game, they ended up winning. Uh, I thought, surprisingly, you know, I wasn't thinking that that bet was going to be that sweaty. I thought they were going to have like 10, 11 wins. But, you know, injuries, so many things kind of derailed the Steelers season last year, but... This year, I have similar. I have 18 total over on wins, and you know, no homer, no bias here. But the Minnesota Vikings team total on DraftKings and pretty much everywhere you look is right around eight and a half or nine wins. Um, nine wins, eight and a half wins. I absolutely love because I think nine is kind of where everybody's projecting them to sit at, and I think nine is a very realistic exp- expectation if they just play very, very subpar football, similar to last year, and so my expectations for them are that they're going to be way better. So I think they should win 10. I think they should win 11 games. There's a, you know, there's a world in which they play at their best and they win 13, 12, 13 games. So I think as long as health lets them, as long as it's not like Kirk cousins gets injured week one or something. And then, you know, we have Sean Mannion running the show. Um, I think that That is
0: is, just as bad as CJ Beathard. What is wrong with these coaches?
1: It's Kirk's best friend. That's what they say. They say he's Kirk's best friend and he's basically Kirk's like life coach. And Kirk, you know how much Kirk needs that support, man. So oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty him. sure Jesus
0: Christ has taken over that role. I don't know if anybody else can fill that role. <laughs>
1: but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know Kellen Mond's also been taking backup snaps, so we'll see if he can win the backup yeah. role. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, healthy Vikings, the eight-and-a-half wins should absolutely get destroyed. If not, you know, we could be sitting sweaty in week 17. They win their ninth game. But, There's no reason to believe that this Vikings team cannot finish above 500. That's why I absolutely love the eight and a half. I even like the nine. The nine means that they can push at nine wins exactly. But again, with my expectations, this team is an 11 win team. Um, So I think I absolutely love that bet at eight and a half. uh, That was at DraftKings at nine. I saw it at uh, Caesars and FanDuel. So wherever you're betting, the Vikings over regular season wins is an absolute lock. Book it.
0: Yeah. I have a floor of 10 wins and a ceiling of 13 wins. So that's an easy. Yes. That's an easy. Yes. Yeah. And we're
1: both not Viking fans, by the way. So. <laughs> sure. What are your thoughts on that though?
2: Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule and I feel like there are definitely nine games that you guys sh- sh- can win. And then, uh, at the minimum, and then, you know, you've got some tough schedules, like you got, you got the bills, um, that I would think we're are going to that game. Then... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, uh the Packers that I think you guys split with the Packers. So yeah, I mean looking at the the you know the games and schedules, I think that it's definitely what nothing... else read me more. Yeah, so you've got Patriots. Um there that, the could, Patriots. that could be difficult. Um, and then the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys are still a pretty a decent team um you've got Dolphins you know now with Tua and his accuracy you know who knows that Miami Dolphins could end up going being good but I like I like you guys against the Eagles um I like um against the Lions Bears you should win both of those games so it's a favorable schedule for yeah, nine there's really yeah
1: it, it's very very favorable I think you know just running down the schedule, like you said, Packers, you know, we usually split. Eagles, we're playing at Philadelphia, so at Philly's a tough place to play, even if we chalk that up as a loss. Lions, I think this year there's a good chance we split with them because they're improved. Uh, Bears, we should absolutely sweep. The Bears are atrocious. Um, and then we get, you know, a road game against the Saints, but it's played in London, so it's not really a home game in the Superdome. So that's, that's an advantage to us. And, you know, neutral field, I take Kirk over Winston. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, games against the Dolphins, unproven Tua. Uh, game against the Cardinals, which that's a tough one. Bills is tough. Commanders, I think we should win. Cowboys, Patriots, the Jets, Jets, Giants, Bears. So there's a lot of winnable games there. I think the division helps us out. And I think the fact that we play the, uh, the Jets and the Dolphins and the um, the Patriots, that division, I think also is going to help us out. So, um, I think nine wins is very, very attainable. So at worst your bet pushes, but again, reading the schedule. And I think where we're even realistically speaking, this team should win 10, 11 games. So, uh, it's a good bet for me. Um, but that's all I have. Do you guys have anything else before the first game kicks off tomorrow?
0: No, I'm excited to see Devonta Adams in a non-packers jersey for the first time. So I'm very excited about that.
1: Side note, Devontae Adams. Did you guys see the tweet that came out earlier? Hunter Renfro uh, ordered an Uber for Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, um, Derek Carr, and cannot think of the fourth guy, but he yeah. just got a reg- he just got a regular Uber and Hunter Renfro sitting in the mid front. And you you see Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, and I forget the third guy. They're just like sitting like this in the back. So they basically just got a regular size Uber. And they're just like dogging him so bad saying Hunter is never gonna be in charge of our Ubers ever again. <laughs> and the funniest thing is they all get in and they're so big in a small ass car. And Hunter Renfro's like, how's it going, man? To the Uber driver. And you can tell the Uber driver has, has no, no idea. idea who <laughs>
0: <car is. laughs> well, at least hilarious. at least that's good team chemistry, you know? Like when they're oh, down. Dude, absolutely. They can just be like, remember that time we were in that Uber and we had a great time.
1: That's you a know? great we'll story. That's what I'm saying. That's how camaraderie's built, bro. In the trenches, mm-hmm. in those weird, like just unorthodox situations. And, yep. um, you know, maybe that's going to lead to Derek Carr and Devontae Adams being the next, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it's 2. going 0.
0: to. Oh, it's so, going um,
1: That's all we got. Uh, again, kept this one short and sweet. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, maybe over the weekend. Um, We'll see, but hopefully we can get two episodes a week going once the season kicks off. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for all the support. If you're watching or watching on YouTube, uh, all the podcast platforms, our social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, Twitter at only playbook everywhere else at the only playbook Uh, hit the subscribe like comment tell us anything you want to talk about and we will talk about it so uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in we're the only playbook we'll see you next time